Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome to our show. It's for you. Those of you who work so hard for your money and you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom and cash flow today, not 30 or 40 billion years from now, but you want it right now so you can live that life that you love with those you love. But guys, it's not just about getting rich, is it? It's about living a rich life because as you are blessed financially, you have a greater capacity to bless the lives of those around you. Guys, I appreciate you tuning in. You've been binging it on the show faster than we can get through them. So appreciate you guys hanging in there, getting our episodes as we come out. And hey, here, I'll give you a tip on these episodes. If you really want to figure out how to make this work for you, if you're someone that's like a startup entrepreneur, go back to episode one. Go all the way back to the crappy episodes I did, at least quality, audio quality wise. Go back to the beginning. You can find that on blogtalkradio.com slash moneyripples. Start from the beginning. If you're just starting out, maybe you're young in life or you're just trying to start out a new business. If you're an entrepreneur, start that direction. If you're looking more on the passive investing side, start from the most recent and then work your way back. So there's your little tip for the day. As a reminder, if you haven't done so already, check out moneyripples.com. We've got that great passive income calculator on there so you can find out how much passive income you could create in the next 12 months. So happy new year to you. Check that out. Hey, are you looking for another great podcast to listen to? One about investing and not only just investing, but learning about cool deals like investing in apartments that does not require you to have to be an accredited investor or have a million dollars. Hey, if you want to check that out, go check out my friend Lane Kawaoka's site, simplepassivecashflow.com. He's got a great podcast also called Simple Passive Cashflow that you can check out on YouTube, iTunes, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. If you want some great education and to learn about great ways to invest in other types of deals without, again, needing a ton of money, check it out, simplepassivecashflow.com or look up Simple Passive Cashflow on YouTube or your podcast app. Check it out. All right, guys. So I brought on a guest today that someone that's in a mastermind group with me has been in the real estate space for several years and has got a wealth of knowledge, especially right now, because I'm sure some of you are wondering, hey, we're here in the news and there's always been fear mongering among about real estate anyways in the news. But now it's like, oh, we're hearing about markets. They're shrinking. Prices are going down. Obviously, it's got to be a bad time investing in real estate. Or is it? That's why I'm bringing Ryan on here with us today. Because Ryan, although he's living out in the UK, this guy is actually had a massive amount of experience investing overseas, investing abroad in here in the US. Boise market specifically, which I've mentioned many times on the show that the Western half of the United States sucks for buying rentals. Ryan, even with the adjustments of what's going on, he's going to share with us today what he's done to be able to really adjust as markets are going down and how you can make money even if the market tanks on you. Welcome to our show, Ryan. Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Really excited to be here. And the name of the game is cash flow, right? It's all about setting yourself up for financial freedom and time freedom. That's a lot of our whys, right? Why we get into real estate is for that cash flow and that time freedom. Exactly. Yeah. Give us some of your backstory. Like, how did you get started? Because I know you've had made millions with different businesses and whatnot, but Tell us more about your story. Yeah, I went the normal corporate route. I My background's in mechanical engineering. I started off in an oil and gas company, got let go when oil went down to $30 a barrel and 
joined a semiconductor company and really just realized that, hey, this corporate route isn't going to get me to where I want to go as quickly as I need it to. I don't want to be 60 years old wondering where the last 40 years of my life went. I want to live life on my terms as soon as I can. And I didn't even know that there was a different avenue or way to get there, truthfully. Mm -hmm. It took quite a few years of education and failure and just pushing through that to get the confidence to really pursue it full time. There was a period for about three and a half years where I was doing real estate on the side and I was working my corporate job and working a lot of hours just to try to mend those two worlds so I could ditch the corporate job. And I'm so happy I did it because stuff really happened a lot faster than I, I thought it would. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, did you go more the active real estate route or how are you doing this? Like when you started out balancing uh, a nine to five or nine to nine job? Yeah, my first property was just a single family that I bought 50-50 with one of my college roommates. And we sat on that for about a year and a half to two years before we did anything else because I just wanted to get my feet wet. And I started seeing the rent increase year over year. And I saw a little bit of cash flow coming in. And I was like, 200 bucks a month. This is awesome. I got to do this a million times. And (laughs) that's when I really started getting the bug when I saw it happen. And I thought, this is perfect. I guess it started out active. I only had that one property and I was just thinking the whole time, how can I replicate it? And then I realized the fastest way to get me to financial freedom and time freedom was going the active route. But I also had some passive involvement in other people's deals to get education, to get exposure, to help just diversify my income in general. I did a little bit of each at the start because I think that's really how we grow and how we mm-hmm. educate ourselves and figure out what's best for us. This is over the course of how many years? How many years has it been now? It's only been about six years. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. You work pretty fast. Yeah. Real estate is a multiplier. It really is. It's eighth wonder of the world is that compounding interest. And it works no differently when you're doing real estate and you're gaining knowledge and you're picking up properties under market value, you just build up a crazy amount of momentum in a short period of time. Yeah, It doesn't take much, really, if you just bought one rental property a year for the next 15 years, you would just be completely set for life, right? As long as the cash flows and you're buying properly. Yeah. So you can pretty much screw it up almost and not even buy wisely. You could possibly even do it right. Yeah, absolutely. And I did. Trust me. I had a lot of failures. I still do. We don't shy away from that. One of our core values in our company right now is to seek failure because there's a theme where the people that fail the most are also the most successful. I don't think there's any coincidence there. It's not a matter of if, but a matter of when adversity hits you, how are you going to handle it? And that's really applies to not only business, but a lot of parts of life too. That's so true. Yeah. It's so funny because so many people will avoid failure. They'll do everything possible to avoid it. And I can see to some level, you don't want to be stupid, but at the same time, I can see we're trying to strive to grow and improve will naturally bring up opposition, won't it? Yeah, absolutely. And if I know how daunting that can feel, because I felt it myself, like even making that first cold call as an engineer at, to a like a homeowner or a property manager, and I'm shaking and I'm sweating and I... and you really much like running a race or working out. It's just a muscle that you grow over time. There's not really any people that are just naturally better or naturally salespeople or get it done type people. It's Uh just a muscle that you build over time. And the key is to be, give yourself some grace to not be perfect right away and realize if I can just 
make a little bit of action each day over a long period of time and and build that up over a long period that I'm when I look back in the rear view, I'm going to be so much further than where I was. So true. Um, Let's jump into the question of the minute, I guess. I shouldn't say an hour because it's not an hour long show, but question of the minute is you've noticed some changes. We were talking about this before we went on the air here. What are some of the changes you're seeing in the markets like around Boise and other markets that you're familiar with too? Yep. At the time we're recording this, we're in the low twenties in terms of decline in values. We're down about 22% for 2022. And we just turned negative year over year. Essentially, most of our price gains of 2021 are completely gone already. And there's wow. and there's more pain to come, which is pretty substantial. We went from this insane seller's market where you'd have eight offers within 24 hours and all of them over asking. And now in markets like Boise, Reno, Salt Lake, Phoenix, a lot of the West Coast, we're just seeing huge price reductions even a slight buyer's market in Boise right now. Wow. That's such a fast shift, isn't it? That was just months ago. It was still going crazy in Boise. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a flipper, which we do some flipping, we're not all long-term stuff. We're taking it on the chin on a few projects. Yeah. However, just like when markets are really good and it's really hard to find a deal, when the market's a buyer's market and it's really hard to sell a deal, it's much easier to find a deal. Just in the last week alone, we were able to get four terms properties under contracts, which what I mean by terms is like a seller finance or a subject mm-hmm. to at a sub 4% interest rate with a low down payment. Wow. Yes. <laughs> what the market taketh away, it's now giving us other things like this. And you just have to be nimble about your strategy, what you go after, because truthfully, as a real estate investor, we've been waiting years and years for there to be another pullback. We could swoop up all the deals. And now that it's happening, there's some fear involved. It's a human thing. As long as you're going at about this the right way and innovating your approach to picking up deals, it's a really fruitful time. Yeah. And that's a crazy thing too, is even when we hear this, right, which will be a few months down the road, still, I can guarantee the news is going to still be saying, oh, we're just in the market's going down. Like now we're starting to see it be a bad time. Now it's becoming a buyer's market. For that point, you probably have already bought in dozens of properties by yes. time anybody does in the media, huh? Absolutely. So th- these last three or four months have been quite difficult, though, because like you said, the mainstream media message lags by quite some time. So yeah. conversations we're having with sellers where they're like, I can't sell my home. What's going on? There's an education process to this. And so right now, if you're looking to get involved into real estate or passively either way, just make sure that you're taking that long-term view because right now with how volatile everything is, people's natural state is going to be, I'm going to put my head in the sand or I'm going to wait and see what happens, which is a normal thing. But if you're planting seeds and you're educating yourself about how to navigate this market, it can be one of the best times and just completely explosive to your own wealth. And let's talk about that a little bit deeper. Like, how are you able to find the right opportunity and the strategy for for the right market? Is it something that you just already had mentally prepared and said, oh, this is the time to do that? Check the box. This is when this strategy comes into play. Or is this something more of, hey, I've been, I'm here in the market. This is what the market wants. Let's see if we can give it to them and find a way to make it a win win. What is your strategy personally? Yeah, I think it's the latter. Whatever the market, we're all familiar with the sports analogies, right? Take what the defense gives you. It's really true. In 
when times are really good, and by good, I mean it's a seller's market and you can sell your property for buku bucks, it's going to be really hard to find deals. You might want to take on some more flips in that time period because people will outbid each other for that. But in times like this, you just have to match the market to know these kind of strategies and seller finance and creative deals. They're more nuanced. They do take a little bit more practice and time to master that craft and get a seller to agree to give you a property for 10K down at two and a half percent interest. They only do that if the market is not giving them anywhere close to what they thought they could get on a cash price. You're not going to just convince somebody that they should do that. It's all because the market is not giving them what they thought they could get. Between the market and then the education, you have to give them that perspective a little bit too, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. About half of our job is educating sellers and if and buyers alike and just people that we work with in our community. Our biggest competitive advantage is even if we're not the right fit, we'll still help educate and talk to people about what's going on because with all the fear out there and recession and interest rates and the Fed and it can feel yeah. extremely overwhelming and nobody knows like what that actually means or what's going to happen in the future it can be very daunting to take any action at all. Yeah. Well, talk to us or even talk to me, like maybe I'm a seller that needs to be a little bit educated because I just, I hear the news. I just know the basic stuff. I know just months ago, I was hearing people tell me stories about competing offers and now it's not happening. And I wonder if it's my agent or not. And then you're coming around the block. How would you approach that topic to educate me on that? And first, and then second, like, how would you even explain the seller financing aspect of why I'd even want to do that? Because that sounds like I'm not making any money from the outside perspective. Totally. Really, what the question is, it all comes back to motivation. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, why are you looking to sell? If it's because you're looking to upsize or you're moving somewhere or you don't have a lot of pain and you're okay, if you can't sell your house, nothing bad will happen. That we tell you, then even if you list it at this price and it doesn't sell after a few months and multiple price reductions, you're going to be okay. But If something bad happens, maybe you have some kind of debt or there's a reason that you have to sell. Now we're talking, what are your needs? And if you can't, I know you want a cash offer at this range, but Mm -hmm. if you don't get that, what are you going to do? And really being that blunt, I think a lot of people in this space are scared to be blunt because it's just confrontational. It feels uncomfortable a little bit. And ironically, that builds credibility with people. Mm -hmm. We think that, oh, this person's not going to like me. They're going to hang up on me. They're not going to do business with me unless they like me. But if you're coming to them with the truth and you're saying, have you seen what's going on around you lately? And we're having storytelling is really effective. We're having a lot of people reach out to us right now with that can't sell their properties on the market. I don't know if you know of anybody in that situation. It's just bridging that gap between having them You don't want it to be the one that's telling them that the market is bad and they can't sell their property. want to ask them questions so they come to that thought process on their own. That makes sense. Yeah. I have a neighbor. I run by their house all the time and I see the sign and now I've seen the sign switch to a different realtor at this point because it's been several months. I'm thinking, man, like it was so hard for me to find a house in this town. And now they can't even sell this sucker. I don't know why. I don't, if the price is too high or what, but something's going on. Yeah. It's all an affordability thing. What's happened with people's interest rates, they've essentially doubled in the matter of a few months. Yeah, What people can afford now and get approved for on monthly mortgage, they're trying to look at 
qualifying for half the house than they used to be able to get. That when you see the numbers of the effect that it has, the mortgage, the interest rates have on the monthly mortgage amount, there's very few buyers that can even afford anything close to where prices were at based on a monthly payment. Absolutely. It has a lot less to do with the quality of your realtor. And don't get me wrong, realtors matter and the marketing plan matters and you have to stand out in this market, but has everything to do with affordability and what's happened in such a short period of time. If somebody is in that situation saying, I need to get out, how do you explain the terms to them? Say, hey, here's a way we can do seller financing. How do you explain that to them? Yep. So I say, what options have you done? And then would you guys rather have a lower cash offer or make significantly more money over? And are you in either? (laughs) Neither. Depending on what they're motivated by, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. By asking that question, we don't want a yes or no. We're hoping they'll give us more information about their situation. I need 150K down because I have, I'm working on another project or I'm buying a business or whatever. Okay. Well, then it sounds like the cash option is the best for you. And I know the market is bad up there, but maybe you should consider listing it or going on for sale by owner or something like that. But you'd be surprised once people understand how small their selling price would be now versus a few months ago, it makes the terms offer that look that much more sexy because in their mind, they're not losing as much. They understand they can make more money. It just takes a little bit longer to get it. And I've sold quite a few properties on seller finance, by the way. That is a really great passive way to basically become no longer a landlord, but turn yourself into a lender too. Yeah. Explain to our audience like what that entails. Give us an example of one that you did recently. Sure. We had a pre-foreclosure and the lady, she was behind on her payments. Are you talking about a seller finance? Yeah. Okay. I had a rental property, maybe like a C-class area. It wasn't as good as my A or B classes. It had a few more tenant issues with my property manager. And I decided, you know what? I think my time and energy and focus is better spent elsewhere. Instead of trying to just list it with a realtor, I listed it for sale by owner on Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, Facebook investor pages, just as a, hey, no loan required will finance you, will be the bank. You don't need to get a loan. And here's what our asking down payment is. And the rest is negotiable. Yeah. And then it's just a conversation of qualifying that buyer, covering your own interests with that down payment. And then you make interest on your money and it compounds over time. Instead of someone going to a Chase or Wells Fargo and getting a mortgage, you've now become the bank. You just get a check every month, no different from them. If somebody doesn't want to pay 7% interest on their loan, on their mortgage, that's where you could have kind of provide a win-win for them, huh? Absolutely. That's the best part with all of this in creative finance is you get to determine the terms. If you're going to sell at 3% interest, well, maybe the price is higher. Maybe your down payment is significantly higher. Whereas if you're going to sell at 8% interest, maybe the price is a little lower. Maybe the down payment's a little lower. What you do is you just By giving people options, you just open up your buyer pool to exponentially more people than your conventional buyer who's getting qualified right now through Wells Fargo being like, I'm at eight, at seven and a half percent rates. I'm qualified for what? And it doesn't work. You're just giving yourself more options. I love it. Now, I want to ask you about down payment specifically. Before I do that, I know you're coaching people how to do stuff like this, correct? Yes, absolutely. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I do one-on-one coaching, private mentorship. 
We do have a small waiting list right now, but there's an interview process where I'll sit down with you and talk about what your goals, both in the short term and long term are, and if we might be a good fit. Because in our portfolio, we do rentals, we do flips, we do passive stuff, seller financing, we do fundraising for new apartment builds. We do Airbnbs. Really, there's a lot of different things that we can do depending on what your goals are. And really, any of those strategies could work in different markets too. Some better than others at different times, right? Absolutely. Yes. Awesome. Now, I wanted to ask you about, because you said, of course, some of you can vary this interest rates and down payments and things like that. And you were telling me even some of these down payments could be ridiculously low. And what would that look like? For example, would you just raise the interest rate significantly more? Or how does it look? Yeah, to be honest with What we find with the sellers is a lot of times they're stuck on, I want the highest price. And if the conversation we have is, Mr. Seller, it sounds like price is the most important thing to you. Is that the truth? Or is it down payment or is it monthly payment? And we work on those three things. And so based on the feedback that we get, usually in order of importance, we find price is number one. Actually, monthly payment is usually the second. And then down payment is typically programmed to think that they need 20% down because that's what uh-huh. a, a standard bank requires you to do. Yeah, But the way we combat that is we say, yeah, I can get those terms from a bank. If we come, came up all the way to your price to make it a win-win, we just have to be a little bit lower on the down that worked for you. Or would you want a smaller price? We're working them off of, hey, you can have the higher down payment. It just has to come at the expense of price or a lower down payment, we can give you a higher price. That gives them, you don't want to do all this in one conversation. You want to plant seeds and have them think about what's most important to them. If we get those objections, how do I know you're going to not just wreck the place and not make payments and I'll just be left holding the bag? And it's Mr. and Mrs. Seller, we have 50 plus doors of rental properties ourselves or leverage a friend or somebody you know that's in the space. Hey, you have we managed a lot of rental properties. The tenant's going to be the one that's paying your note. Everything is set up through, we use the title company for long-term escrow, it's called. So they just take a direct deposit from our proceeds every month from the rent, and it goes straight into your bank account. The nice. title company handles all that for you. But the renter, we're just going to put a renter in there, especially if the property needs work and we need to make improvements. A lot, another line we use is, if we default, that's the best thing that could happen to you. You get the property back, plus all the repairs that we've made, plus any payments we've made to you. It's like an HGTV show. Congratulations. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's great. I love how the creativity behind that, because it's always, again, come back to that win-win, which that's the hard part. A lot of people get distance from creating that kind of transaction because it's always just been, banks will figure this out. They'll tell me what the terms are versus, hey, we can work this out. We can make it to where it's fair for us. It's fair for you. And you don't have to worry about whether banks will pre-approve or not. This thing is done. Yes. We can have this done for you in no time at all. Yep, absolutely. And creative finance in real estate is really truly the only win-win there is. If I'm making you a cash offer, typically somebody's giving up equity for speed and convenience. And they may or may not have a problem. And of course, there's value in solving that problem. But creative finance, you can literally tweak any lever you want based Mm -hmm. on what sellers needs are. And they love that. It's so different. And they just, people like having options. Yeah. Yeah. So very perfect. And I can see now, as long as the numbers justify, you you have to know your numbers ahead of time, obviously. Otherwise it doesn't make sense for you, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. But most people don't even know you can sell a property like this. A lot of times, something that helps on the educational side, and I took this from one of my mentors, Pace Morby, is Mm -hmm. he gives the F-150 story and he talks about this truck that he's had for a long time. It was a great truck. He couldn't sell it on Craigslist for the cash offer that he wanted. And his wife said, you know what, honey, I'm sick of looking at that thing in the garage. You got to get rid of it. And so he changed the posting just a little bit to will take payments. And guess what? All of a sudden, I was able to sell it for the price I wanted. I just had to take payments over time. And for some reason, that car example clicks for people because they're used to that car payment and everything. And then they're like, oh, I get it now. The same thing can be applied to a house. I think there's just a lot more emotion tied up in a house typically that people don't think about the practicality of that. So I we have all our guys tell that F-150 story if they're not understanding what does it mean to take payments. Yeah. Okay. Last question. I promise. I just want to ask you this one right here. The big question people are going to have is, okay, but what protects you, Ryan, if the market goes down more? How do you make sure you're protected there? Because if you offer a higher price than what would market would support, how do you still get around that? Cash flow. It's got to rent for significantly more than what our monthly payment is. And if the property needs work, we got to factor that into the overall price. There is an equation involved, but the short answer to that is cash flow. In the next year or two, I don't really care what happens if my properties are cash flowing. Yeah. My values could go up 40%, down 40 Rents typically don't change very much in a recession, especially with how low our inventory base has been the last few years. All of our rents through this have been so far have been really strong cash flow. And multifamily is a really safe space to be in right now. So whether it's a new build apartments, fourplex, even a beat up duplex that you can house hack, live in one side and rent out the other. These are all multifamily is recession proof. That's an asset class where right now with what's going on, single family homes are affected the most we're seeing. So multifamily is where we're doing a lot of our marketing towards and even doing some builds too if it pencils. I'm sure with almost like this kind of quasi credit crisis being created as we keep jacking up rates so quickly. I'm sure now the market's getting so limited. You probably have a lot more negotiating power on multifamily anyways, right? Absolutely. The fun, the irony in multifamily sellers too, is even though the deals are way bigger because it's more units, typically they know about seller finance and they're more educated on yeah. creative finance. So the conversation's a lot easier, ironically. They kind of already know what they would accept anyways, and you can just negotiate more quickly and less education. Totally. If you're somebody new looking at how to get involved, I would just start looking at multifamily properties in your area and just getting educated on that because it's a really really safe space to lend in. It's a really safe space to be active in too right now. And obviously, like you said at the beginning of the show, right? Your big thing is like really creating failure, trying to almost force failure to be able to learn this stuff on a faster pace than what most people do if they get in real estate investing, just casually just dabble in it a little bit. You're like forcefully, like really trying to ensure you get as much education and experience as you possibly can that short period of time. Yep. What I would say to that too, is it's all about having clarity. I think for a lot of people, they don't know what they really want. I find myself in the predicament often too. If we sit down and we find out and we really map out what we want the next year, five years, 15 years of our life to look like, work backwards from that. We can set up some really actionable steps for us where we don't have to go full tilt towards it. What I was saying earlier in the show is if you just buy one 
rental property a year, or maybe you invest in other people's deals or you lend to somebody. Those are all ways to start getting action and experience that's also building, building your wealth slowly over time. So you don't have to go full bore. It's just in line with what you want, what your goals are. Yeah. The way I see it too, is that obviously you've already gone full bore. You've already gone through that. Someone who hires you get on that waiting list for coaching and apply for that. They get you as a mentor. You can say, listen, Hey, I've already tested that. You could try that, but this might be a little bit more effective way for you. And it'll probably save you a crap load of time and money. What's our most precious time? And energy, actually. I would even say energy is more precious than even time for me. Absolutely. And so that's what mentorship does, right? Is it really, it saves you both of those things. There's some things that you just can't learn to a certain level without having somebody that's been there and done that. And you can look at any single industry or any really any part of your life and apply that same reasoning. So that's why it's such a multiplier. Yeah, so true. Ryan, appreciate your time today. This has been great. Be sure to check out at weimerinvestments.com. Whether you're looking at trying to get coached and get on that waiting list, whether you're saying, hey, I might want to do some short-term lending deals with these guys because obviously they're raising capital to do some of this stuff. Maybe you're looking at having that kind of relationships, something you could trust long-term to be able to get your money working for you. Check them out, follow them and reach out to them. Again, we don't give any investment advice on this show, but I know that Ryan definitely is willing to be that go-giver. Knowing Ryan for the last several years, he's definitely that kind of person. He's obviously given us a lot of good information today. So Ryan, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Chris. And to any of your viewers, this is really an open invitation. If you guys need any help with anything, just shoot me a message at Weimer Investments on Instagram. I'll be happy to help. There's no question too silly. We all pay it forward. We've all been there at one time. And it's really gives me energy to see other people take their first steps and ultimately achieve what they want out of life, which is through financial freedom. See you guys. There it is again. There's that ripple effect. Ryan's creating it too. And so same for you guys. So we'd love to help you guys do that. Be sure to reach out to Ryan if you have any questions. But guys, ultimately, it really comes down to you. What are you going to do with this information? Are you going to just sit back and say, that was interesting? Or are you going to say, this is the time for my life to change right now. This moment, this decision I make right now will make the difference of all things in my life to allow me to have a different path and different direction that will essentially create not just a great living for me, but a legacy for those after me. So guys, go and make it a wonderful and prosperous week. And we'll see you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.